Lasting Love Podcast, presented by CoachingWithFroy.com. You've found the place where single adults come for mindful wisdom and insight into how to attract and create healthy, lasting, conscious relationships. And now, here's your host, the owner of CoachingWithFroy.com, number one best-selling author, certified relationship coach, and TV analyst, Roy Biancalana. Well, hello again, and welcome to another edition of the Attracting Lasting Love Podcast. My name is Roy Biancalana. I am your host. And today, I want to do something a little different. Um, maybe something a little bit lighter, but potentially something quite powerful. What I want to talk about today is my top seven books. Top seven books to read on spirituality, personal growth, relationships. I want to share with you my favorite seven books. Now, I chose seven because I do a lot of my work with the number seven, right? My second book was called Attracting Lasting Love, Breaking Free of the Seven Barriers That Keep You Single. You know, my newest book, Relationship Boot Camp, discusses seven relationship muscles that need to be strong, you know, so I've got this seven thing going and I thought that I would pick my top seven books that I think that any person who is interested in their personal growth, any person who's interested in creating good relationships, any person who's interested in awakening, any person who is interested in living their best life, these are seven books that I believe you must read. Okay? Now, I've read literally hundreds of books. Writers are normally readers. Readers are often writers. And there was a stretch of time, a number of years in my life, where I probably read at least one book every single week and did that for years. Okay, so I've read a lot of books. I'm, I haven't read every book in the world. There may be a book out there that is freaking awesome, that is powerful and on point and relevant and true, and I just haven't seen it or heard of it. Um, so I grant that possibility, but I have been in the personal development field in one form or another since the early 80s, okay? So I've been around a while, and I've read a lot of books and been exposed to a lot of teachers, and I actually chose my top seven. Now, just very quickly, how did I choose? Well, I it was actually not that hard. I chose the seven books that I know I have read at least five times each, sometimes a few of them more than 10 times. In fact, three or four of the books that I'm going to share with you in this podcast are books that I have a commitment to read them every single year, right? So these are my favorites, and I picked them because they're the ones that have transcended time. Some of the books have been around for 15, 20, 30 years, okay? And they're still powerful because truth is truth no matter when it's spoken and when it's written. So I want to give you my top seven favorite books and... Another reason why I kept it to seven is I don't want to overwhelm you with, you know, 10, 15, 20 books. You're like, oh my God, what do I do? 
I think putting this on your your reading list, these seven books, wow, would, would it serve your life. Now, you're also going to learn that I'm looking at the list right now. Um, yep. Not a single one of them is directly about relationships. Not a single one is talking to you about how to meet someone or how to create intimacy or how to have a great marriage or anything like that. These books speak to a bigger picture. They speak to your heart. They speak to who you are. And that's really important and that's quite genius because there's an old Zen saying, uh, a Zen koan that says, wherever you go, there you are, right? So wherever you go, whatever relationship it is with a, a partner or with a parent or a sibling or friends, coworkers, it really is all about you. It's all about what's going on inside of you and who you are and what you believe and, you know, the, the nature of the, the depth of with which you move in the world really determines the quality of any relationship. So focusing on you, working on you is really the pathway on how to have a good relationship. To, you know, to focus on relationships and, and so forth um, is sort of putting the cart before the horse, right? It's way more important for you to check in with yourself and, and look at your own life and ask questions like, you know, how is my childhood conditioning set me up to sabotage my love life? What types of relationship personas have I developed throughout my life to try to survive and get love and feel safe and that kind of stuff? What, what personality blind spots do I have that that lead to repeating patterns and, 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 and lead to breakdowns in relationships, right? So the best thing you can do for yourself is sort of the work on yourself. And then relationships sort of flow out of that or your work life flows out of that or your parenting or the way you deal with friendships, the way you build a business, the way you show up at work, because wherever you go, there you are. So the, the, all these books focus on you, okay? And there are seven of them. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to tell you the title and the author, of course, so that you can make a note and get these books. Um, I'm sure they're all available on, on Amazon and they're all paperback and they're probably all really cheap. Um, but I'm going to give you the title and the name. I'm going to tell you a little bit about why I like the book so much. And then I'm going to read you a short paragraph from each one to give you a little taste, give you a little flavor, okay? And again, my purpose in doing this is really, I'm trying to convince you to go out and read these books. <laughs> so so the way I'm describing it, the whole intention is to, is to whet your appetite and make you get on Amazon and order these babies right away, all right? All right, so top my top seven favorite books. Now, this was not easy for me to narrow it down to seven. There's a, a lot of books that I read regularly and refer to and that have stood the test of time. Okay. So I actually do have an honorable mention list. <laughs> oh, and one other thing, you'll be very proud of me. Okay. I am not putting any of my books on the list, not even on the honorable, honorable mention list. Okay. 
But I've written three, and frankly, all three um, should be on the list. I believe all three of my books are that good, especially my newest one, Relationship Boot Camp. Okay? That book has six chapters on how to let go of the past, how to get over past pain, hurt, betrayal, you know, how to not live with a guarded heart, how to kind of let down that wall that we can put up around us, how to learn to trust again. Just those six chapters, I've had people tell me and people that, you know, speak with authority and credibility in the spiritual growth world say that those six chapters are the best chapters that they've ever seen in print on how to get over the past. Okay. So I could put my books on this list, but I'm not going to do it. <laughs> Although I am, I'm sort of promoting one of them right now, aren't I? Okay. You know, sue me. All right. There you go. Uh, now, let me start with the honorable mention list. And these are books I've read maybe two, three times instead of over five times. All right. And the first one of, of the honorable mention list, we'll go through very quick, is a book called No Boundary, written by Ken Wilber. Now, Ken Wilber is like the Einstein of spirituality and personal growth. He is the deepest writer that I have ever come across. And if you're going to read Ken Wilber, man, you, you, you need to have like a really high IQ to <laughs> kind of handle this guy. He, he writes at an academic level, even though he's writing about spirituality and psychology and so forth. But, you know, I think his best book is not a very long book. It's called No Boundary. And so I just want to expose you to Ken Wilber. Maybe you can watch some videos of him on, on YouTube um, because the guy is a genius. And he's written, I don't know, 15, 20 books. I don't know. It's just a zillion books. But No Boundary, I think, is his cleanest, most crystal clear description of the spiritual path. Okay? No Boundary by Ken Wilber makes the honorable mention list. Um, second on honorable mention is a book I'm reading right now. Um, it's called Shift into Freedom by Locke Kelly, L-O-C-H. Okay? Shift into Freedom by Locke Kelly. The thing I love about this book is it is loaded with practical things, what he calls glimpses. Okay? He, he gives the little meditations, little processes you can do completely on your own that take anywhere from two to five minutes where you can go in a little meditative state with yourself and glimpse the, you know, the nature of consciousness, the glimpse what's going on inside of you. So it, if for no other reason, I recommend this book because it's got so many practical application sections in the book that you can set the book down and do the process he's describing and really experience profound shifts in the way you see yourself and the world around you and so forth. Okay. So shift into freedom by Locke Kelly is number two on the um, honorable mention list. Number three is a book called the deepest acceptance by Jeff Foster. Uh, this is a book that I was going to put, if I had a top 10, it would be in the top 10. Uh, Jeff Foster is an amazing enlightened being, an amazing writer, and his best book, I think, is called The Deepest Acceptance. And he talks about the spiritual life, but then he also talks about how accepting life as it is transforms 
your relationship to your body, perhaps physical pain, your relationships, even your pursuit of enlightenment, okay? So it's a phenomenal book. Jeff Foster, The Deepest Acceptance, okay? That's the number three book on the honorable mention list. Number four is a book written by David Data, and he has a book that's in my top seven, but there's another one of his books that is really awesome too, but it doesn't make the top seven. This one is called Blue Truth by David Data, D-E-I-D-A, okay? The subtitle is A Spiritual Guide to Life and Death and Love and Sex, okay? David Data is the master of masculine feminine dynamics, but he's also a spiritual guru and he combines spirituality and and consciousness teachings with intimacy and our sexual lives and so forth. So Blue Truth is a great one by David Data. That's number four on the honorable mention list. And then number five on the honorable mention list is a book that's called The Power of Full Engagement written by Jim Lair and Tony Schwartz. Now you spell Lair, L-O-E-H-R. Jim Lair and Tony Schwartz, The Power of Full Engagement. And the subtitle really tells you what this book is about. The subtitle is Managing Energy, Not Time, is the Key to High Performance and Personal Renewal. So the focus of this book is sort of taking to task the idea that time management is how to lead an effective life, personally and professionally. He's like, no, it's not about time management. It's about your energy management, okay? It, that's, a, that's a paradigm shift. This book has been out for at least 30 years. Um, you know, all these books were New York Times bestsellers as far as I can tell. This one certainly was, uh, and it's a fantastic book, The Power of Full Engagement by Lair and Schwartz, okay? Okay, that, that's the honorable mention. You would do good to just read those. But now, let's jump in to the top seven, and we're going to start with number seven. And I tried to put them in order here, folks. I tried to put them in order of, of the ones that I just think are the most powerful. So number one is going to be the book that, my God, if you don't read it, you know, like I just want to, my head wants to explode, Okay. So we're going to start with number seven and work our way down. All right, number seven is a book by Sam Harris. It's called Waking Up, A Guide to Spirituality Without Religion. Mm, What a juicy subtitle, huh? Now, one of the reasons I want to talk about this book with you is because I really want to expose you to Sam Harris. SamHarris.org, The Waking Up course or no waking up.com and samharris.org. He's got one of the biggest podcasts in the world. It's called making sense. He's got a great meditation spirituality app called the waking up course or the waking up app. So Google Sam Harris. Yes, he is a famous world famous atheist. He's a neuroscientist, Stanford, UCLA, graduate, PhD, right? Um, But what's really cool about Sam Harris is he's a scientist, right? So he's kind of not into the religion thing, which is true for, you know, most scientists. 
I got to be careful saying all scientists because I don't know all scientists, but my story about scientists are very few of them are into religion, okay? But Sam is also into consciousness and meditation and spirituality, which is such a, it's such a mix, right? And he's, 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 he's an intellectual, he's brilliant, one of the smartest guys I've ever heard. I listen to his podcasts all the time. He's one of my favorites. And he's written a bunch of great books. Uh, the book called The End of Faith is awesome too. But the one I'm recommending to you is just called Waking Up. A spiritual guide to spirituality without religion. And um, I want to read you a little segment of this book. Okay? Um, so here's what he says. Most cultures have produced men and women who have found that certain deliberate uses of attention, meditation, yoga, prayer, can transform their perception of the world. Their efforts generally begin with the realization that even in the best of circumstances, happiness is elusive. We seek pleasure, pleasant sights, sounds, tastes, sensations, and moods. We satisfy our intellectual curiosity. We surround ourselves with friends and loved ones. We become connoisseurs of art, music, or food. But our pleasures are, by their very nature, fleeting. If we enjoy some great professional success, our feelings of accomplishment remain vivid and intoxicating for an hour, perhaps a day, but then they subside. And the search goes on. The effort required to keep boredom and other unpleasantness at bay must continue moment to moment. Is it possible, though, to be happy before anything happens? Before one's desires are gratified, in spite of life's difficulties, in the very midst of physical pain, old age, disease, and death? Spiritual life begins with a suspicion that the answer to such questions could well be yes. And a true spiritual practitioner is someone who has discovered that it is possible to be at ease in the world for no reason if only for a few moments at a time, and that such ease is synonymous with transcending the apparent boundaries of the self. Okay, you might want to back the tape up and listen to that one again. That is a powerful quote. So the first book I want to recommend, number seven on my list, is Waking Up by Sam Harris, A Guide to Spirituality Without Religion. Okay, now... Number six on the list is a book that you've heard of if you pay attention to this podcast because it's a book written by my best friend and my former coach, Jim Dethmer and Diana Chapman. The book is called The 15 Commitments of Conscious Leadership, A New Paradigm for Sustainable Success. Okay, now here's what I want to say about this book. It sounds like it's a business book. And in a way, it sort of is, right? It's, it's, but the 15 commitments, it, the, the book could be titled The 15 Commitments of Conscious Relationships, a new paradigm for sustainable intimacy. Because all of the commitments speak to relationships also, not just the workplace. I mean, real truth, 
right? I mean, real truth about how to not be in drama, how to connect, how to be effective, how great teams function or great couples function. The truth at the at the bottom foundation of any of those things is all the same, right? You just kind of can change the wording a little bit. And this book becomes the 15 commitments of conscious relationships or the 15 commitments of conscious parenting or the 15 commitments of conscious, I don't know, entrepreneurship. I mean, really. Okay. So this book um, is fantastic. Uh, It is really down to earth. It is, in fact, all the books I'm recommending are not spiritually mysterious. They're they're not filled with woo-woo. They're not esoteric. They're not they're not speaking in spirituality terms that you really don't know what they mean. It just sounds really deep. No. All the books that I'm choosing are written, you know, to the layperson, to the regular person with regular words and regular ideas that impact normal people's lives. Okay? None of the books I'm recommending are are being written over anybody's head. The only one that might come close was that No Boundary book by Ken Wilber that is written at a really high kind of level. Uh, But that's one reason why I didn't make the top seven. But number six on the list is The 15 Commitments of Conscious Leadership by by Jim Defmer, Diana Chapman, and Kaylee Warner-Klemp, if you're looking for it on Amazon. Okay? So here's a a little... a snippet from the book. But do a thought experiment with us. What if there is no way the world should be and no way the world shouldn't be? What if the world just shows up the way the world shows up? What if the great opportunity of life isn't in trying to get the world to be a certain way, but rather in learning from whatever the world gives us? What if curiosity and learning are really the big game and not being right about how things should be? So the first step is to shift from believing that the world should be a particular way to believing that the world just shows up. Second, we need to shift from rigidity, close-mindedness, and self-righteousness to curiosity learning, and wonder. In our experience, we can boost this shift by taking a third step. So far, we've just, we're just suggesting that the world shows up the way the world shows up. It's indifferent about outcomes. But what if the world, universe, God, whatever you want to call it, supreme reality, what if it isn't just benign or agnostic? What if it actually, what if it is actually for us? What if, as Einstein wondered, the world is beyond benign to the point of actually being benevolent? Then what happens is not just a neutral experience, but rather a custom-ordered curriculum for our highest development as people and as members of teams and organizations or relationships. That's a powerful quote. Another one you might want to take a real good look at. Okay, so that's number six on the list. 
the 15 commitments of conscious leadership. All right, number five. Number five is a book called Loving What Is by Byron Katie. It's, a, it's an odd name for a woman. I don't know. Why is it odd? Because my mind says so. I don't know. Yeah, but that's, that was a dumb thing to say. I should cut it out, but I'm not going to because I don't edit this stuff. <laughs> Her name is Byron Katie, B-Y-R-O-N, last name Katie, K-A-T-I-E. Loving what is, four questions that can change your life. This book describes something that she has created, something called The Work. The work is an inquiry process. It's, it's a way of examining your thoughts. As, as you'll hear in just a minute, all of her work is about noticing that our thoughts create our suffering. And if we just believe that voice in the head and we believe our thoughts, we end up suffering. But if we learn to question our beliefs, to question our thoughts, to question our stories, it can lead to profound shifts. And so she's developed this process of answering four questions that put them together are called The Work. So she has a website called thework.com or byronkady.com, okay? But her best book, and I think she's written four or five, um, is the book called Loving What Is. And right there, just the title tells you so much. <laughs> like what is is what is, right? It's reality. Our happiness really does depend on whether we love reality or we hate it. But reality is reality. We don't get to choose it. You know, it doesn't ask us. Reality doesn't ask us what we want. It just is. It already is. But your orientation towards what is determines the quality of your life. If you love what is, if you have no resistance to what is, if you have no preference for life to be different than it is, then you're at peace. But if you hate what is, if you don't like what is, if you have an argument with what is, well, then you are living in a kind of resistance. And the hell of that is that you can't change reality as it is now. Of course, we can work with what is and function alongside of it and, you know, make a difference in our lives and how things unfold. But the way we meet the present moment determines the quality of our happiness. It determines whether we live with anxiety or depression or joy and peace. Okay? So this is an unbelievable, uh, powerful book. Most of the book is just written recordings of her working with someone who is examining a thought that they know is creating some suffering. Um, so it's a fascinating read. And I want to read to you um, one segment from the book. And she writes, I have never experienced a stressful feeling that wasn't caused by attaching to an untrue thought. Behind every uncomfortable feeling, there's a thought that isn't true for us. The wind shouldn't be blowing. My husband should agree with me. We have a thought that argues with reality. Then we have a stressful feeling. 
and then we act on that feeling, creating more stress for ourselves. Rather than understand the original cause, a thought, we try to change our stressful feelings by looking outside of ourselves. We try to change someone else, or we reach for sex, food, alcohol, drugs, or money in order to find temporary comfort and the illusion of control. It is easy to be swept away by some overwhelming feeling, so it's helpful to remember that any stressful feeling is like a compassionate alarm clock that says, you're caught in the dream. Depression, pain, and fear are gifts that say, sweetheart, take a look at what you're thinking right now. You're living in a story that isn't true for you. Caught in the dream, we try to alter and manipulate the stressful feeling by reaching outside ourselves. Ooh, you can feed on that one for days. So that's number five on the list, Loving What Is by Byron Katie. Number four is A New Earth by Eckhart Tolle. Now, frankly, he wrote a book called The Power of Now. And then he's written this book, A New Earth. I didn't want to put two books in the top seven by the same guy. Okay. Um, So they're interchangeable. Uh, I feel like A New Earth is a little bit easier to read. Okay. It, It just reads easier. But The Power of Now is phenomenal. I've read it 10 times. I read it once a year. Um, And A New Earth here by Eckhart Tolle, by the way. Uh, Eckhart Tolle, T-O-L-L-E, is just fantastic. Okay, Eckhart is an enlightened being that also has a very non-mystical way of communicating spiritual truth. He's... And he's funny as hell, by the way, if you've ever seen him on videos or because he's all over all, all the people in these books are all over YouTube and they have videos out there and websites and, you know, so they're all very famous and very accessible. Um, But Tolle is hilarious. He's, he's kind of a little guy. He is kind of unassuming, uh, but the power of his presence is quite amazing. And what he has to share is worth reading. So I pick a new earth to be on my list and I leave the power of now off, but it could easily just be the other way around. Okay, so let me read you a segment out of a new earth. And this is a section that he calls, and he's asking you a question. (laughs) Do you want peace or drama? (laughs) Which is just a great question. Do you want peace or drama? And he writes, you want peace. There is no one who does not want peace. Yet, there is something else in you that wants the drama, wants the conflict. You may not be able to feel it at this moment. You may have to wait for a situation or just a thought that triggers a reaction in you, someone accusing you of this or that, not acknowledging you, encroaching on your territory, questioning the way you do things, an argument about money. Can you then feel the enormous surge of force moving through you, the fear perhaps being masked by anger or hostility? Can you hear your own voice becoming harsh or shrill or louder and a few octaves 
or a few octaves lower? Can you be aware of your mind racing to defend its position, justify, attack, blame? In other words, can you awaken at the moment of unconsciousness? Can you feel that there is something in you that is at war, something that feels threatened and wants to survive at all costs, that needs the drama in order to assert its identity as the victorious character within the theatrical production? Can you feel there is something in you that would rather be right than at peace? (laughs) Some of these people speak to the human condition in such powerful and obvious ways that when you read it, I don't know about you, but when I read something like that, I'm like, dude, how'd you know? I mean, how did you know that's exactly what happens inside of me? that I want to be right and I'm defending myself like I'm like I'm surviving some threat of death right so that's when I think you're you've come across a, an author who really gets it is when they write something and you're like dude I've never met you but you 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 just wrote about my inner experience perfectly reminds me of that old song what was that old song um killing me softly um it wasn't Aretha Franklin. Oh my God, what was it? But there's some song where, where she says, you know, you, your words have just, you know, torn me apart or something. Um, I'm sure somebody will email me and remind me. I'll think of it probably in five minutes from now. But anyway, I digress. All right, so Eckhart Tolle's book, A New Earth, is number four on the list. Uh, of the best seven books that I think you should read if you're interested in spirituality and personal growth and so forth. And now number three, we get in the top three and we're getting into, you know, what I consider to be, you know, holy ground here. And this one might need a little explanation. The book's name is The Wisdom of the Enneagram. The Wisdom of the Enneagram. Now, I don't know if you've ever heard of the Enneagram, So let me spell it for you. It is spelled E-N-N-E-G-R-A-M. Enneagram. Ennea is nine in Latin. So the wisdom of the Enneagram is a book about the nine different personality types. Okay? And it's written by Don Richard Rizzo and Russ Hudson. Now, there are dozens of great books on the Enneagram, but I think this one is the best if you're unfamiliar with it. If the, if the Enneagram and the, and the personality, this is a personality system, um, if you're unfamiliar with it, this is where you, sh- you should start. There are other books, but they're so deep that if you're not familiar with it, I don't think it, it, it'll, it'll just go right over your head. So... This book, too, is somewhat complicated because the Enneagram is, a, is the deepest and most accurate personality and personal growth system in the world today. There. I said it. Okay? Now, of course, that's my opinion. And, you know, opinions are hardly worth the air that they're spoken with. Um, but I love the Enneagram. And it describes nine different personality types. 
or as someone calls them, nine faces of the ego. And the beauty about Enneagram in this book and the reason why the Enneagram stands out and far above other personality systems like the DISC or the Myers-Briggs and so forth is that not only does it describe your personality type, but it describes a path of growth as your type. It doesn't just tell you that like you're an introvert or an extrovert, which it doesn't get into that stuff, but when people think personality types, they think about the Myers-Briggs and introvert, extrovert. You know, that just says, okay, you're an introvert, you're an extrovert, good, you're on your own. But the Enneagram helps you understand what your type is and how to be the healthiest, maturest, most awakened version of that personality type. It's showing you a way to transcend the personality because the personality is basically, and I don't want to get too deep here, I'm going to do a podcast on the Enneagram someday. But the personality is basically a defense mechanism. It's what we form in order to try to survive or be successful or to be seen in the world. So Michael Singer has famously said, there is no such thing as a good personality. (laughs) You know, people say, oh, that person's got a great personality. Oh, that person's, oh, she's got a wonderful personality. Michael Singer says, when you understand what the personality is, the ego, he's like, there is no such thing as a good personality. They're all crap. (laughs) Because they're all defense mechanisms. They're all a kind of a shell that covers over essence. It's, they're protective oriented and so forth. Anyway, I don't want to get too deep into that. I just, if I often tell my clients that if I had a prayer for my clients, it would be something like this. Oh, dear God, make my clients fall in love with the Enneagram. And that's what I want for you is I want you to discover your, your personality type because when you see your type, you're going to see that it nails you. Like it, it, like it, the type is going to be so perfectly descriptive of the way you see the world, of what drives you, of, of what fears sort of govern your personality. And it, it, it's, going to, it's, it, it's just going to expose you in, in a way that is incredible. And then it's going to show you a way to grow and evolve as the type that you are. Okay, so I can't encourage you enough to get this book, The Wisdom of the Enneagram, and discover what your personality type is because it will do that in the book. And then it's got nine big, long chapters about each one of the types. So in a way, you could read this book pretty quickly because it's a pretty long book. But you just read the introduction, discover what your type is, then flip to the section that, that describes your type. If you don't want to read about all nine types, you don't have to, but you will want to read about your own type because it will open your, it will give you so many aha moments. It will open your eyes as to why certain things trigger you and certain things don't. It'll explain to you why you've gotten in certain patterns in your relationships. It'll, it, it will expose to you your blind spots because the personality You know, every personality has a particular way it sabotages itself in life and in relationships. So you got to get The Wisdom of the Enneagram by Don Richard Rizzo and Russ Hudson. Let me read you a little piece of this one, okay? 
it says, the core truth that the Enneagram conveys to us is that we are much more than our personality. Our personalities are no more than a familiar conditioned parts of a much wider range of potentials that we all possess. Beyond the limitations of our personalities, each of us exists as a vast, largely unrecognized quality of being or presence, what is called our essence. Generally, we do not experience our essence and its many aspects because our awareness is so dominated by our personalities. But as we learn to bring awareness to our personality, it becomes more transparent and we are able to experience our essence more directly. Okay? Number three on the list is the wisdom of the Enneagram. Don Richard Rizzo and Russ Hudson. Number two on the list is, it may surprise you because this is a book that is actually written for men. Although I really can recommend this book wholeheartedly to women too. Okay, and I'll explain that more in just a minute. Number two on the list is The Way of the Superior Man by David Data. Again, D-E-I-D-A. This book is unbelievably powerful. And I cannot imagine being a man in this world and being interested in relationships, wanting to be effective in my career, and wanting to live at peace in the world and be interested in any level of spirituality or personal growth and not read this one. Yeah, it, it does. It boggles my mind that any man could be on a path of success or growth or wanting to connect with a woman and not read this book. It's that powerful. The subtitle is A Spiritual Guide to Mastering the Challenges of Women, Work, and sexual desire. Okay? Now, if that doesn't summarize the major issues that men deal with, women, work, and sexual desire, I don't know what does. Okay? So, the book really is written for men. But I do recommend it for women because if you're a woman who is interested in a deep, healthy, conscious relationship with a man, well, this book is describing him. But in describing this divine masculine that exists in men, well, it also exists in women too. More about that at some other time. Just stick with me. But as it's describing what the divine masculine is like, it also describes what the divine feminine is like. Because you can't really describe one unless you put it in context with its opposite, the divine feminine. So in a sense, this book is speaking to both men and women that have masculine or feminine energy as their primary leading energy. So I think women would really enjoy this book. It would inspire them, you know, in terms of the kind of man that they would love to have, but it will also instruct you as to how to become the kind of woman that a superior man would be looking for. Right? Because we all know opposites attract. So this book is describing what it means for a man to exist and live at the highest level. Right? It, it's talking about a really superior guy. Okay? 
Now, that guy is only really interested in a really superior woman, what I would call, what he calls, a radiant woman. Okay? So, enough there. If, if you're a woman here in this podcast, I think you would still enjoy this book. Now, just as a little parenthetical thing here, okay? If you want to read a great book that is about spiritual growth for women, the one that I would recommend more than any other is a book called The Wild Woman's Way by Michaela Boehm. That is B-O-E-H-M. Okay? So if you want the reciprocal to this book, I would read The Wild Woman's Way by Michaela Boehm. All right? But that's not on the list. Um, This one is. The Way of the Superior Man by David Data. Let me just read to you from the introduction. This is how the book starts. This book is a guide for a specific kind of newly evolving man. This man is unabashedly masculine. He is purposeful, confident, and directed, living his chosen way of life with deep integrity and humor, and he is sensitive, spontaneous, and spiritually alive with a heart commitment to discovering and living his deepest truth. This kind of man is totally turned on by the feminine. He loves to take his woman sexually, to ravish her, but not in some old-style macho fashion. Rather, he wants to ravish her with so much love, she is vanished. They both vanish in the fullness of loving itself. He is dedicated to incarnating love on this earth through his work and his sexuality, and he does so as a free man, bound neither by outer convention nor inner cowardice. This newly evolving man is not a sacred, is not a scared bully, posturing like some King Kong in charge of the universe, nor is he a new age wimp, all spineless, smiley, and starry-eyed. He has embraced both his inner masculine and feminine, and he no longer holds on to either of them. He doesn't need to be right all the time, nor does he need to be always safe, cooperative, and sharing, like an androgynous Mr. Nice Guy. He simply lives from his deepest core, fearlessly giving his gifts, feeling through the fleeting moment into the openness of existence, totally committed to magnifying love. What woman would not want to be with a man like that? And what man does not want to be a superior man as that just described? I know I do. So that is number two on the list. The Way of the Superior Man by David Data. And number one, and you know what it is if you've listened to anything that I teach, <laughs> and, and if you've read my books, especially my newest one, I quote this author, this author in my book more than anyone else. I think I quote him 21 times in my book. And the author's name is Michael Singer, and the book is The Untethered Soul. Okay, so I'm just going to say this to you. And this is going to sound very self-righteous, and just forgive me, but I'm just going to try to get your attention. If you call yourself a spiritual person, if you ever think of yourself as someone who is interested in spiritual growth or personal development, 
if you haven't read this book, you are lying to yourself. <laughs> okay? Like, there is no way that you can call yourself a person who's interested in spirituality or personal growth and not read this book. Okay? It's that good. It is the best. It is far and away the best. I don't, there's not another book that's even close. Eckhart Tolle doesn't come close. Okay? This book is the most powerful spiritual growth book ever written. It's called The Untethered Soul, The Journey Beyond Yourself. It's written by Michael Singer. Um, you can go to website, theuntetheredsoul.com. Michael Singer has his own temple, his own sort of ashram just outside of Gainesville. Um, as of right now, I'm, we're still in 2000, we're kind of late summer, 2021. I'm not sure he's back to teaching, you know, three times a week as he has for the last 45 years because of COVID. But he will resume sometimes. So if you're ever near Gainesville, Florida, you want to go on Sunday morning or Monday night or Thursday night because he teaches religiously. When I first went there, because I went there to sit at his feet and you literally at his facility, you sit on a cushion. <laughs> you know, he sits in full lotus and you sit on a cushion. So I literally sat at his feet and I went there, you know, every other week for almost three years. And it was a 300-mile round trip. So I put an enormous amount of miles on my car. But to sit at this guy's feet and to learn from him, to be taught by him, was the best thing I've ever done for my life. And I remember one of the first times I went there, I asked one of his assistants. I said, listen, it's 150 miles one way to get up here. Okay, so it's a big commitment for me to come. Um, is there a way for me to find out if I if Michael's not going to be here on his scheduled nights, Sunday morning, Monday night, Thursday night. And she looked at me, she said, oh no, he never misses. In 40 years, he's never missed a night. <laughs> okay. So, so he just lives out in the woods and he's got a, he's got a little ashram temple yoga studio out there. And so as soon as COVID is sort of gone, I can tell you, you don't even have to call. You don't even have to wonder He's going to be there at 9.30 in the morning Eastern time on Sunday, and he's going to start teaching at 8.15 in the evening on Monday and Thursday nights. You can bank on it. So I want to encourage you to go, but I want to encourage you to get this book, okay? So that's all I'm going to say. I can't, I, I can't be more powerfully, um, I can't be more bossy about this book than I, <laughs> than I already was, but I'm going to read to you the first part uh, from my, one of my favorite chapters. It's... Um, Chapter 15, uh, the title of the chapter is The Path of Unconditional Happiness. And this is what he writes. To begin with, you have to realize that you really only have one choice in this life. And it's not about your career, whom you want to marry, or whether you want to seek God. People tend to burden themselves with so many choices. But in the end, you can throw it all away. And just make one basic underlying decision. Do you want to be happy? Or do you not want to be happy? It's really that simple. Once you make that choice, your path through life becomes totally clear. Most people don't dare give themselves that choice because they think it's not under their control. 
someone might say, well, of course I want to be happy, but my wife left me. In other words, they want to be happy, but not if their wife leaves them. But that wasn't the question. The question was very simply, do you want to be happy or not? If you keep it that simple, you will see that it really is under your control. It's just that you have a deep-seated set of preferences that get in the way. Let me, I'm going to read that one again. If you keep it that simple, you will see that it really is under your control, being happy. It's just that you have a deep-seated set of preferences that get in the way. You have to give an unconditional answer. If you decide that you're going to be happy from now on for the rest of your life, you will not only be happy, you will become enlightened. Unconditional happiness is the highest technique there is. You don't have to learn Sanskrit or read any scriptures. You don't have to renounce the world. You just have to really mean it when you say that you choose to be happy. And you have to mean it regardless of what happens. This is truly a spiritual path, and it is as direct and sure a path to awakening as could possibly exist. Well, there you go. I got goosebumps all over me just reading that. Do I want to be happy? No matter what happens. Oh, God. Well, what's the reality for me? No, at this point, I don't. Because there are times when things happen and I'm not happy. I, I get triggered. I, I have preferences. I want the world to be a certain way. I want, the certain, I want the world to not be ways that I don't want it to be. Right? We have preferences. We want certain things. We, 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 we don't want to experience certain things. We basically tell life. We tell God, this is, this is the way I want it. This is the way I need it. And then we, of course, we live with anxiety because we're afraid it might not be the way we want it or we're afraid something we don't want might happen or we get depressed that life is not been the way it's supposed to be or a lot of things have happened that I don't want, right? So there's my list. The last one, the best one, if you're going to only read one, it's The Untethered Soul by Michael Singer, Okay. Well, I hope this has been helpful. I hope you get all these books. I hope you dive into them. Certainly, if you read any one of these books and you want to be coached around the ideas you're reading, especially with the Enneagram or the Way of the Superior Man or the Untethered Soul, man, that's what I do. I would love to sit with a person who says, man, I want to apply these ideas to my life. Can you help me? Can you help me evolve? Can you help me wake up? Can you, can you help me with this path of unconditional happiness? Oh, yes, I can. I'm right here. And you know where to find me. So until that day that we meet and we talk, um, I wish you all the best. Go out and get these books and um, enjoy your life. Until next time, see you later. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Attracting Lasting Love with Roy Biancalana. Be sure to subscribe so that you don't miss a single episode. And while you're at it, please leave a rating and review and share it with anyone you think might benefit from listening. 
Check out our website at coachingwithroy.com and tune in every week for more insights and wisdom on creating healthy, lasting, conscious relationships.